Hey everyone, I just wanted to let you know that our limited edition Halloween merch is still available. It'll be available all throughout the month of October. It is going away after the end of October. We have two designs, the Scary Shopper Lacey in a Monster costume design, and the Angel and Devil Uterus anime manga inspired design. Both of these are made by our designer Noelle. Thank you so much to Noelle for making these, and if anyone wants to get anything from our Teespring store, including these two designs, we have a coupon code you can use called HC Fall 15, and that'll take 15% off your order. Thanks so much, and let's get into the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Half Cousins podcast. Today, we have the fabulous LS with us, and we're going to be talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. Hi! We, Hi. Tried, we tried doing a podcast with you, gosh, wasn't it like two years ago at this at point? Least, at least two years ago. Yeah, I think it was like 2018. Back in the beginnings. Yes. I think you were having issues with your internet that day so we didn't end up getting it to work but you're here now so yay um you've been i would say you're like a youtube og i feel like you've done youtube for forever do you want to talk (laughs) do you want to talk a little bit about your your channel and say what you like to do on the internet uh my channel's changed a little bit i think at the beginning it was really like project panning um that was really where where my channel lived. I still do the project panning stuff, but I've moved more into like makeup as art, doing um, explorations of um, makeup in different eras. Like I've been really into looking at like recreating makeup tutorials from like the late 80s and looking at like Kevin O'Quan's books. And I like doing fantasy palettes. So com- coming up with like a complete original concept either for a brand or just like my own vision, usually art inspired or music inspired. And I've been really into more research-based stuff as well. So I've been having a lot of fun digging into brand histories. I did a, like an in-depth look at Urban Decay's history recently and looking into like trademarks. And like, yes, that's, that's like, that's where, that's what I've been loving recently. Oh, I want to give a bit of a disclaimer since we're going to be talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, and I know the fandom can be pretty heated, mm-hmm. that these are all just our opinions. None of us are professional drag queens, but we're allowed to have opinions about a TV show and the art of drag, which everyone is allowed to participate in, not just cisgendered men. FYI out there. Amen. For the, pe- for the people who think that it, drag is just for cis men. Um, yeah, let's let's get into talking about Drag Race. The franchise has exploded so much and it's become one of not only just like a very influential LGBT show, but it's just a very influential show in general. Like the Emmys just happened as the time of recording this and RuPaul's Drag Race won like the most amount of Emmys for a reality TV show ever. Like RuPaul's won the most amount of Emmys, I think, for like being a reality TV host. Like it's it's a big deal. Like they're becoming like a powerhouse as far as... TV goes. And the show is also branched out to other countries. So I know Thailand has a drag race. There was a drag race in the UK. Canada just had a drag race. Holland is having their drag race right now where Nikki Tutorials was a guest judge. Like the friend and the um like with the American season, they're going into their 13th season of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's quickly becoming it's not like it's not America's text next top model, but it's kind of becoming like that powerhouse. Like it's happening all the time and people are really tuned into it and it's branching out into other countries. But with that, there is some 
discussions about like the format of the show and the the casting of the show and things like that. So that's what I kind of wanted to talk about. But since you're Canadian, your can your country just got their first drag race. What did you yeah. think of the season? I loved it. It really it reminded me of the earlier seasons of Drag Race. Like it was kind of not even not like season one, but maybe like season four, season yes. season four ish, something like that. Uh, I was surprised at how intense the fandom was for it. I was actually surprised at how many people jumped on with Canada's Drag Race. Like I was looking at some of the things people were saying online on like Twitter and Reddit and stuff, and it was pretty crazy. But I loved watching it. I watched it every week. Sorry, my internet died in the spirit oh. of... I was throwback to the live stream with, oh, my internet just went and then came. So, Curved. but anyway. <laughs> I was. I haven't been able to, like, sit down and watch a full episode, but I've been watching, like, pirated stuff that gets uploaded to YouTube a lot. It seemed like the queens this season were... A bit rough around the edges, but like in the best way possible. And they were very unfiltered, but again in the best way possible. And it it really gave it really gave a lot of energy of like um we don't care that we're on a reality TV show. We're just gonna say what we want when we want it. Cause there was some really interesting fights this season, like when Jimbo and Rita Bega were fighting and they're like, Do you want my opinion? Yeah, I'll sure I'll take your opinion okay, well, I'm not really a big fan of your outfit. I don't think it's very glamorous. And that was kind of what the category was. Oh, yeah? Well, you look like a drowned old lady. <laughs> it was just like, they just went off on each other. And it was so entertaining, and it didn't seem manufactured at all. Who are you wanting to win? I was Team Priyanka and Team Lemon from, like, the first episode. Those were my two favorites. Um, but as it kind of progressed, I actually really was rooting for, for Rita near the end. I really thought she had like a really good track record. And I was like, yeah, I could see her being like the first kind of reigning queen, but I was very happy with who won. I don't know if anyone's noticed this so far. I'm not sure with uh, the other seasons of Drag Race in other countries, but the, the winner of uh, the main season of RuPaul's Drag Race and then um, All Stars and then Drag Race Canada, they've all been people of color this year. Yeah. Which is one they of the... Yeah, it's one of the first times that's ever happened. I don't think we've ever had... Also, Miss Congeniality, too, because Heidi in Closet is also a person of color. Right. And I know that the show... I don't... I think that all these people deserve to win, but I'm concerned because I know the show has received a lot of backlash about the way that people of color get treated and portrayed that I, I hope that like the producers weren't just like behind the street, the screen, just being like, well, we're just going to make these people win. And I, I'm only saying that because there's been so much criticism before of like white queenings, white Queens winning over black Queens and again, I wanted to say like, that's why I'm saying this, not because I don't think these people deserve to win. Like I was rooting for Jada cause she's from Wisconsin and I'm from Wisconsin and I'm like, yes, Wisconsin. You wouldn't be the first person who had that kind of theory of, it seems like in response to a lot of the criticism that RuPaul's Drag Race gets for having predominantly white and or white passing winners, that there was like a sudden shift to like POC winners and I'm not saying I believe that I'm just saying that is a common criticism and also unfortunately something that a lot of super fans slash stands go to when someone they don't like wins 
they tend to get a little vicious and claim that the only reason certain people have won was because of their race, which I don't personally buy into. That's also why, uh, just for myself, I haven't watched a full season since season nine because I'm very sick of the fan base of RuPaul's Drag Race personally. So, just saying. That's very <laughs> I, fair. I, I have a... It, it seems... Like, I know other reality TV shows exist and there's, like, toxic toxic fandoms exist in, like, every single mm-hmm. online community ever. But there just does seem to be a specific underlying current of toxicity that goes through the RuPaul's Drag Race fandom. And especially racism. I'm just going to blatantly say there's a yeah. lot of racism in the RuPaul Drag Race fandom. Yeah. Well, I think, um, wasn't it recently that like the well presents channel they just had they had like a bunch of black queens out of drag and it was literally just them talking about like saying like hey i'm a person like stop being racist online like it's really fucking weird Mm -hmm. exactly and i know the show um other people have made videos like i know cat black and then i think there was this other channel i don't remember exactly what the name of it was but they were um talking a lot about the racism that the show itself kind of perpetuates like the way that black queens were edited like it was pretty much just like the stereotypical archetypal characters so it would be like the mammy so like latrice was like edited to be like a mammy or um like they kind of just focus on editing in in one way where it's like they're the villain so they're crazy or like we're not gonna show any of their good moments the angry black female yeah yeah yeah, like uh the vixen vixen, yeah yeah I think the show, because so many people have been vocal about it, I think the show has stopped doing that so much. But then again, even uh, this past season, season 12, where Britta, um, who is also a person of color, I believe they are, are they, are they I think they're Samoan or they're Polynesian. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I know they're like, they're yeah. of a Pacific Islander race. Um, they were edited to be the villain on the past season of Drag Race and they got dragged very hard on social media like like to the point where they had to quit social media for a while yeah and she went back to her parents house in maine because she had to leave new york like yeah it's like that bad for her yeah so that just makes me sad that this is still someone was talking about how i remember i remember it was katya she was doing an interview with hey queen and she's like when did it become a bad thing for like a drag queen to be a bitch because they're like this is like because people oh like on other reality tv shows how someone will be like a villain but like it doesn't destroy their career in the future like you know what i mean or like villains get celebrated on tv shows like my idol tiffany polar aka new york from flavor of love i adore her she was the villain for many seasons of flavor love and other things she was the villain Oh my god, yeah, she kept coming back as, like, she kept, like, almost winning and then, like, coming back and coming back and, like, fighting with all the other girls and stuff. I love her. And now she still does reality TV and she's a legend. So. <laughs> I, 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 said, I guess I only have fond memories of her now, so it's, mm-hmm. like, weird to think about her as being edited as the villain. Oh, she but- was definitely, she was, she, like, got spit on by someone. She had water thrown at her. The one reunion is iconic because they were all, like, throwing shit at her. But I used to, like, love trashy VH1 shows. Especially, plot like, full circle, 
I remember when Drew RuPaul's Drag Race was so new and they would play like the reruns on VH1 and I was I was so into it because I again and I've said this song and dance a million times as like a queer person that was my first TV exposure to like openly queer people and I was so about it. Yeah, I think uh, you're not the only one who has that opinion. Mm-hmm. I've heard that from a lot of people. It's the only, I think, really popular, like, mainstream queer show right now. Like, what other queer shows are there? Like, the Fab Five? Like the yeah, I would say. Queer Eye for the Straight Guy or whatever mm-hmm. that show was. Like, what else is there right now? And I'm not talking about, like, shows that have, like, a queer character in the cast. I'm talking about, like, this is, like, very gay. Yeah. 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 I can't think of any. Like, off the I top can't of think of any either. I think that's why I know I've I've had this um, opinion before, but like, I think people feel part of the text lo- the uh, toxicity is wrapped up in like the fact that this is kind of like the only like mainstream like really popular all queer cast of people, and I feel like people get really really defensive over that, and then also because it's such a concentrated m- like marketed towards such a concentrated amount of people, it's like very boiled down i don't know do you have have opinions on that no that's exactly what i i think too um because people don't have like other outlets and then people just take everything way too personally and they they're like projecting in my opinion like some of the stuff that i've encountered is just it really is people taking stuff personally taking criticisms of the queens personally because they relate to them so then it just Mm. adds to the whole toxic nature of it there's also, I know um, uh, Gabby in the, ch- the chat is also talking about the transphobia on the show. The earlier seasons, definitely, it's pretty bad. Like, I know, like, in season three, they're, like, specifically talking about, like, they're, they're saying stuff like, well, I'm not trans or, like, you know, I'm not a transvestite, so I don't do that because that's what, like, I I think they may have said, like, the trans slur. Well, also... The male time thing has been changed because yes. that used to be pretty transphobic. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, the show up until season six had a segment where um, it was called She Mail. And it would just be like, ooh, you got a She Mail. And then it would be RuPaul and it would give a message to the queens. But they uh, they changed that because they received um, some... Ba- they basically, they only changed it because they received backlash about it in season six. And even RuPaul has said many a weird thing about trans people competing in the show. Yeah. Um, like there's a, there's a screenshot of a tweet. You can go find it basically where he's comparing if you're trans and you go on RuPaul's Drag Race to basically be in the Olympics and then taking steroids, which I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know why RuPaul said that because he said in interviews, like he's talked about like his show and like what, where he sees it. And he's, he's, focused in on talking about how like the the power of like seeing like a cis man in drag is something that's so like um like like shocking and confusing for people where that's like where the what's the word I'm looking for what's what's the word for like when people like see something and it's like shocking to them and like they can't look away anyway that word um so I think that's why RuPaul said that. It's like, because um, he's always talked about how it's like when you see like a man turn into a woman, there's nothing more like shocking and like or powerful about that. So I think like if I'm putting myself in like RuPaul's shoes, which I don't know why I am. I'm just trying to think about why he said that. Um, 
I think he really, like, when you look at like the the winners of the show and people who've done well on the show, it's mostly people who can kind of like pass as a woman. I'm saying this in quotes, mm-hmm. or like there's something about their drag which is inherently female or female presenting. Like there hasn't really been. Maybe Evie oddly, but I think I think a lot of people would argue that still saying that the drag was still very femme presenting. Where I would say the same with Sasha Valor. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there really hasn't been a like gender queer and androgynous like winner. It's always been like kind of like the 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 track for success seems to be like how feminine, like you you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. um, not like how feminine you can be, but like there hasn't been like a non femme presenting winner in a way Mm -hmm. i think rupaul just obviously has very old school ideals about gender in itself yes and i think that maybe rupaul's audience no longer shares those ideals and i think newer seasons are starting to reflect that a little bit whereas like i said season nine was was the season where i dropped off it was like so controversial that sasha valor was like ugly drag and not like yeah Sasha was still presenting female but it was like in my opinion the bare minimum <laughs> because I think Sasha's drag is like beyond that I don't know I I think it's slowly shifting but not because RuPaul has had an ideology shift but because drag is shifting in itself it's the audience and the people who are going on the show as well are yeah. speaking out more about it and people who have been on the show before are speaking out more about it. So I think it's, I don't think he's too happy about it. No, no. I don't think, I don't think so at all. But I've, I've noticed it a lot. Um, Cause I'm always like rewatching the show and I've noticed it a lot. Like even in the judges critiques in a lot of the earlier seasons, like they were really like, you have to pad and like, you had to have this. And it's like, why aren't like, you know, it, it was all about like proportionates and, and like they, well, you had to have like the, the, the breasts and you had to have your hip pads and you had to have like, everything had to have like a specific look. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the more recent seasons, they've been a lot more flexible in their critiques and they're recognizing various forms of drag, but it's very slow when you look at drag race as opposed to other other like drag related things. I'm trying what's the what's a uh, Dragula? Oh, I love Dragula, yeah. right? Which it, it, it completely like a different concept of drag than what you actually see on like mainstream drag race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also have drag kings on their show. They have uh like I don't like the term bio queen, but for lack of a better term right now. I've heard the term queens hyper queen. Queens that are not cis men, like that's really yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, like, you know, feminine identifying queen stuff like that. So I love Dragula. Yeah, there's I, I in addition to like RuPaul's um comments being like being a trans person on drag is like taking steroids in the Olympics. There's been interviews where he's openly talked about like yeah i don't want to cast trans people because of like xx and x and then specifically in regards to like talking about peppermint they're like well why was peppermint casted and and then he was like well peppermint hadn't had like top surgery yet and it's kind of just like why are we going there like (laughs) very icky stuff especially now because um I, i know if like if anyone like follows like drag communities on instagram there are tons of like both AFAB and like uh, AMAB performers on Instagram that I've seen. I'm like, they would be great on RuPaul's Drag Race just based yeah. off like their looks or their little Instagram videos. And it's like, these people kind of aren't getting 
recognizes. It seems like uh, like Drag Race right now in its current form is still only kind of like going for like very specific things. And then sometimes they wander out like a little bit. But like if anyone is familiar with the 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 uh, drag queen Christine, does anyone know who mm-hmm. she is? I do. Familiar. Um, I don't ever see someone like her <laughs> with RuPaul's Drag Race. Like that's what I mean when I say like yeah. kind of more, I don't want to say the word like out there, but just like different from what we've seen before. Like yeah. a lot of uh, the casting seems to be, very formulaic at this point like they're they're kind of looking for people to fill certain niches and then those are the people that get filled anyone who doesn't know who christine is google right now christine drag queen and pop up and be like oh yeah we haven't seen anyone like this person on drag race and you'll know exactly what i mean i know about one of my favorite drag queens of life is creme fatale i believe i'm saying her name right and she is female identifying person who does she's a cisgendered female who does drag and her drag is exquisite it's amazing because i really like drag that transcends gender into like characters and like creature and like stuff like that mm-hmm. her drag is fabulous her she her um, <laughs> her her like catchphrase on all of her social media is like where's the transformation sis because she'll get like dudes in her comments being like drags about transformation you're already female so where's the transformation so she'll post these incredible before and after looks of like where's the transformation sis she's just like i love her so much but she's very aware of like she'll probably never get on drag race like they'll probably never allow her on drag race and even like i think there's so many queens that have come out as gender queer gender fluid transgender after appearing on the show yeah or like trans queens who came out after who were then coming back probably only because they were already favorites mm-hmm. and like fan favorites. So I, there's definitely, I think there's probably a pressure to present almost as masculine as possible out of drag in order to compete on the show, which is weird. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think the early days of the show was really focused on like the transformation. Like, look, it's a man. Now it's a woman. Oh my God. Yeah. Which I, I think we've been getting away from that because I think people are starting to realize that like you can be a really talented performer and drag queen or just like someone who does drag and not have the focus be so much on like what you look like before. Mm-hmm. Right. But and that's why they interview them for all the, the confessionals out of drag because they're really trying to like, I guess, hone in on the fact it's like, it's look, it's like two different people. Oh my God. Or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I get what would everyone like to see for the show in the future? Like changes that you would make with casting or the format of how like episodes go or challenges or runways. Like what would, what would you guys all like to see in the future? I'm like, I said, I'm a big fan of Dragula because they kind of just let everybody on there. It's really just about the talent. Like one of my favorite drag queens of life is Landon Sider. And I think he won. Dragula, if I'm not mistaken, fairly recently. I could be making that up, but I think he did win. He was someone that I followed on social media, like, well before he was ever on Dragula, and he is so talented. I follow a lot of drag queens and kings just because I love the art of, like, crazy makeup and, like, crazy, campy, transformative makeup, and I just, like, that's my favorite part. I wish they would get to a place where it's, like, can you take it there? Can you do just the transformation part, regardless of what the before looks like. Cool. Because it also, the show used to be very much about, like, sewing your own outfits, 
making everything yeah. yourself, not having a whole suitcase of designer shit for when you get on the show. Cause that's what happens now is all the Queens know they're coming on. So they have time and they know what the categories are going to be ahead of time. So they collect all of their outfits beforehand. And it's no, there used to be an emphasis on like, you can't be a drag queen if you can't sew. And there'd be like sewing challenges and blah, blah, blah. And I think there's also a weird social media element now too, where a lot of queens get on just because of their social media followings, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're good queens. They're just maybe good at cultivating followings or good at taking photos. Like there's controversy over queens going on that have never performed before. They just take the photos for social media. So I think if there could just be this whole focus of like the art, the performance, the like selling a character to you, because that's what drag is. It's like a character at the end of the day. That's personally what I want. I want it to transcend gender. Because I think also in itself, our society is slowly realizing that gender is kind of bullshit. Like I know I've said this a million times, but the second I've kind of, realized that gender was a construct i felt a lot more free as a human being on this earth with a body so i think if the show could get there with drag that would be awesome <laughs> i would like to see different challenges at that point this point i feel like a lot of them are really formulaic and a lot of the acting challenges are very cringe mm -hmm. like just like what they make them do mm -hmm. um like in season 11 where they were doing parodies of black panther and get out yeah i know I didn't it's like, see this. Yeah, Oof. those were like very like, especially like Get Out was kind of more like uh, like obviously Get Out was a horror film, but it was also a film about like social commentary on like black and white relationships in the U.S. And it was just kind of a weird thing for them to pick of like, hey, let's make a drag parody out of this. Anyway, um, like queens who've come off the show and they've talked about like what challenges would you like to see, and some of them have mentioned like, all right, you got to get in drag, but you can only use things out of like a gas station because like the airplane lost your luggage, and it's and you have to do like a performance out of that, or like, um, or like you have to entertain this crowd, but everyone is screaming and really drunk, and you need to get people to calm down, basically, or like mm -hmm. some something like that, like something that I think would be, I don't know, yeah. I, just something different than what they've done before. I still do like the comedy challenges and like sewing challenges and I like Snatch Game sometimes, but it feels like people are just really not good at Snatch Game. It's like you it either get it or you don't. So funny. Yes. And it hasn't been as good in recent years, in my opinion. It's mostly just like watching a car wreck when you yeah. watch Snatch Game now. There's like the one person who wins. And then everyone else is just, like, on a scale going down of, like, bad. Yeah. 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 I'd like to see those changes, too. But I don't know if we would get see it as RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, I think you would need a whole different host for the show. Like, I just, I don't see RuPaul letting any of those changes happen. Mm -hmm. I and agree. I feel like so much of it is really, like, how much attention can they get on social media? Like everything has a hashtag. Everything is like rehashing like the popular things from before. Like that's the thing with a lot of those comedy challenges. It's always throwing back those little references to past seasons and to like the little inside jokes that people would get if they watched the other shows. So yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating though, because like I could see like how good it could be and like what, those changes would look like, but it's frustrating. 
I kind of, I want to see, I, I really like all stars myself though, but I feel like cause it's, it's different because you're familiar with the Queens. I feel like the challenges are like a little bit more polished mm -hmm. and you have, um, like even the queens themselves, they know more what to expect. So they go in to the show prepared to put on a show for, yeah. it's a reality TV show, right? So they're going on prepared for that. And I feel like it's more entertaining than like the regular seasons. I agree. I, I always like All-Stars more. I do not like the thing they've been doing with All-Stars for the past, what is it, four seasons now with the voting off thing. I fucking hate that. Mm -hmm. And someone talked about like why it doesn't work. I think it was movie bitches when they were doing a review. And it was basically saying how these are all like veteran performers who actually have to work together in real life. Like they're in the same club, get booked on the same tours. And it's really awkward to be like, okay, I'm voting you off. And they were almost saying how it would almost make sense for a regular season to do the voting off thing, especially if it's a bunch of people who don't know each other and they're not friends. But like, mm -hmm. It's, I wish that I don't like the voting off thing because I think it puts people in very weird sp spots. Like when Odor quit and Ben Delacram quit, like people are just like, fuck it. Like this isn't worth it. It's stressful. And it's, it's mm -hmm. weird to hold someone else's career essentially or how they're, mm -hmm. how well they're going to do on a TV show in like someone else's hands. And then there's a lot of conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories about like, well, is it actually them getting voted off or is it like the producers strategically like picking certain people to get voted off in certain times, which in some cases I could see that based on the way that some eliminations have gone. Oh, and then like Manila getting eliminated in season four. That made me so mad. <laughs> I mean, I get why, but I feel like it also hurt Naomi because... People, like hate, people hated her. Yeah, because like that's one of the things that I noticed with previous seasons of All Stars when they started the voting off thing, so right from All Stars Two, was that they knew how the fans would react. So like in All Stars Two, when um, Alyssa chose to send home Ginger instead of Katya, is because she knew the fans would attack her for sending home Katya. So she was like, she she really almost said that herself in like the confessionals, being like, you know, I kind of knew what I had to do. I didn't really have a choice. And I feel like that has kept happening because people knew, well, I can't send, you know, this queen home because then I'm not going to have a career. Like, look in All Stars, like in five, like Cracker had the opportunity to send Shay home. But um, she wouldn't have had a career if she did that. No, people would have hated her. Yeah. Especially because a lot of people saw, like, Shay going on All Stars 5 as being, like, her redemption from the flower thing from season yeah. 9 with Sasha. Yeah. Like, that, and that's that's the fucked up part, is, like, I don't think you should be putting, the, like, the queens and All Stars in that position. Like, I think it should just be the judging from the judges, and then RuPaul, yeah. like, picks who goes home. And I... Fucking just do lip syncs for your life. Like, yes, okay? like yeah. I, I didn't really like the lip sync for the legacy thing so much, but I did like it when they had like the uh, the people come back and then you had to lip lip the lip sync assassin. Like when you had to do those. Some yeah. of those were good. I do actually like the lip sync for your legacy thing because I like obviously lip sync for your life is like the two worst people and they're trying to save themselves. But there's something like so epic about like two people who are just trying to be the baddest bitch, like going off like there's some incredible lip sync for your legacies that stick out in my mind my, my favorite one out of the lip sync for your legacies was uh tatiana and Alyssa edwards exactly of course that that is like <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed with all stars too um 
for the for a while on like All Stars one and two happened, um, it was people who were in the top three or were miscongenialities for the most part. And it seems like now with more current seasons of All Stars, it's like I hate to say this because I I truly think that everyone deserves to be on there if like they get asked back. Mm-hmm. But it seems like for the casting, it's just like whoever we can get to get to come on basically. Like a lot of people have said, like no, they wouldn't come back. Like Kimchi has said that she wouldn't come back, or like um, Miss Fame, or like Pearl. Um, a lot of people who do make top three are just not interested in coming back because it's like they don't know how they're going to get edited a second time around. Yeah. Which I do like everyone who's been on All Stars, but like the, I think you can tell from the. <laughs> <laughs> First. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what's happening. Lacey, today. we can't hear you. What? Uh. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Lacey's yeah. having some technical issues. Um, oh, and then also uh, the, the fact that they have had repeat, repeat people come on for All-Stars. Yes. Hello? You're good. I don't know what's happening with my internet today. I apologize. I was just talking about how um, there's like a lot of repeats for people coming back on All-Stars. And then also the All-Stars casting seems to be just like whoever will say yes at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. I think going to what Ella said before, I think a lot of it has to do with social media and, like, fan service now. Mm-hmm. Like, truly. I also think that might be a reason why I popped off for a while. And I, now, even when it, it happens, I tend to look up, like, the runways and, the win- and like, the lip syncs. Because that's all I give a shit about. Because it kind of... Not only does the fan base feel toxic, but it feels like they're catering to that anyway. Yeah, it's like fun anymore. I don't know. I think I I said this before too. How it seems like ever since RuPaul's Drag Race got like put on VH1, it seems like they're uh, catering more towards like a straight audience as well. Yes. Yeah. Because I I think way back in in the beginning of this conversation, Gabby in the chat said that there's a difference between Drag Race and like going to a drag show. I feel like most viewers of drag race don't know what real life drag is like or haven't really participated in real life drag shows which is fine not everyone even has access to do those things and blah 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 like i was (laughs) funny story at my college used to do a drag bingo where we would have drag queens from New Jersey and Philly come and like we would do a bingo to raise money for a charity that went to like AIDS prevention and one of the season what season was it? Was it Ariel Versace? <laughs> yeah Ariel Versace I saw perform at my college before she was ever like a fucking drag race person because I think she might have gone to the same college as me so like that's so hilarious and like I remember somebody I think it might have been Ariel called Matt a sexy lumberjack and there's this whole atmosphere about like real drag shows and I, I think there's also like this weird kind of like anger that comes from people who participate in real drag culture that get mad at the fans that like have no idea about it but again, like I said, not everyone has access to crap like that, or some people live in the middle of nowhere and like are yeah. in very like homophobic areas where that could never be a thing to begin with, and blah blah blah. So it exposes a lot of people to drag who maybe wouldn't be exposed so otherwise. I think it, it was either like Trixie or Jinx Monsoon have talked about how saying if like drag race is the only thing that you participate in drag, it's like you're a fan of music, but the only thing you watch is American Idol. Yeah, <laughs> which is true. 
Oh, have, man. You seen, have you seen any of the Drag Race queens? Like any of their shows? Have you seen them live? Before the world ended, I yeah. was going to get Trixie tickets because she was coming to the Egg in Albany, which is like the super famous theater. And I was so fucking excited. But then, you know, we all know what happened. <laughs> I actually, um, I think it was three years ago at this point. Um, no, it was it was right after season seven. So that was the season with Violet Chachki was the winner. And then that was the season that Katya was on and everyone else. Uh, they were doing like a RuPaul's Drag Race Battle of the Seasons tour. And they came to my city and I was going to go. But I didn't want to go by myself. And Logan was out of town, so I didn't get to go. But in like retrospect, I should have just fucking gone. Like I would have been okay. And before COVID happened this summer, something nuts was coming to the Palace Theater in Albany. It was like... Uh, Sharon Needles, Landon Sider, Willem, like a bunch of people were all going to be at this drag thing and like in all of all places and I was like counting the seconds to like buy tickets and then again we all know what happened. Oh I've also I've talked about this before where um, again right after season seven Miss Fame was doing a makeup tour where it was like a like an hour and a half long um, demo of her doing makeup on someone, and then also there was like a Q and A portion, like for like an hour afterwards, where you could ask her anything. And if you went, you also got like a free swag bag full of like her favorite makeup products. The tickets were really expensive, and I kept saying like, "Oh, shouldn't do it." Like, "Oh, it's like it's too much." But like, I should have just fucking done it because she hasn't done one since, and it would have been really cool to meet her and then also just watch her do makeup on someone and be able to ask questions. Like, that's just an amazing opportunity right uh, there. If there's anything I've taken from this whole situation with COVID is that when things are better, I'm going to anything I'm even remotely interested in the future. Like, I'm not taking shit for granted ever again. No. So, <laughs> anyway. I saw uh, Trixie last year. Um, last October, I think it was. I saw Trixie's show. And I saw uh, Thorgy. Because Thorgy and the Orchestra was actually started. So, like, I'm in Nova Scotia. And that was started with our symphony here. Like oh, that, cool. like, was able awesome. to make that happened, mm -hmm. and then she did it a few, like toured around with it, and then came back and did it again last summer. So I saw Thorgy there, and I saw Aquaria, because I uh, Aquaria was a one of the judges. We had we had an uh, Atlantic drag star competition, which they did every year, and it uh, that was pretty cool. She did a few performances, and it was interesting watching like a bunch of different drag. Like that was interesting because there were so many different types of drag performers at that and I saw Bendela Creme <gasps> and met Bendela Creme, did the meet and greet, which was so awkward. I don't really think that Dela really enjoyed the meet and greets. It was oh, really very awkward. It was very awkward. Was it before or after? It was after. That's usually why. I think a lot of drag queens have talked about how like doing the meet and greets after a show sucks. And from now on, a lot of them have writers in their contract saying that they'll only do meet and greets before the show. Yeah, it was very, it was very awkward. And it was like, oh, because Dayla was like, I was fully obsessed. So I'm sure I was also just one of those weird girls and like just totally embarrassed myself. Um, and I saw Alyssa and I did the meet and greet with Alyssa as well. And Alyssa was like the most like charming person I've ever met in my entire life. Like she did the meet and greet after the show, but like every single person she gave like full attention to. 
and like just completely addressed like you directly like we had a, we had like a two minute conversation she taught she complimented my makeup she asked what 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 it was and like i was talking to her about natasha denona and like busy art and stuff and we were just talking about pat mcgrath and it was great like she was really personable and like i was sort of skeptical about Alyssa because everybody was like, every, everyone's favorite queen is Alyssa because like she was the meme queen. And then just like actually meeting her and seeing her show like completely like changed my life. And now I'm a full Alyssa stan like for life. So question, what is it about drag that you love? Like, I feel like we've been talking a lot about like the negatives and we're slowly getting to the positives. I'm interested to know what everyone loves about drag and drag race. <laughs> I think my answer is probably pretty like basic, but I love a good competition. And I feel like as far as reality TV competitions go, I don't think there is a harder one for you to compete on than Drag Race. I don't think there's one that has people um, who are such professionals and their craft ever go on other than Drag Race. Like even like cooking shows. Like I love like watching reality cooking shows, but that's only like so fine because it's not like you can actually fucking taste the food. But like you can, you get to see everything on Drag Race. Like you get to see like all the challenges that they do and you get to see all the runway. And I really love seeing the creativity and um, like the jokes that people make about their outfits and stuff like that. I also, um, I do like the, um, the aspect of like, this is like drag and it, it does feel kind of like, ooh, this isn't like mainstream or like this isn't um it's it's like an it's like a niche thing. It's got like an underground edge to it. Not so much yeah. anymore because it's become so popular, but just um that. And then also like when it comes to like I when I've gone to like in-person live drag shows, I feel like there's a really big sense of like not giving a fuck about things, but in, in like the best way possible, like not caring about the hierarchies of our society and being like well we're gonna like fucking tear that all down and then also be really entertaining at the same time i remember when i when i first went to like a live drag show and i saw people do like death drops in real life and then like dance in real life i was like oh my god it felt like i was watching like i was gonna say an exorcism but that's like the wrong <laughs> that's the wrong i don't know like you're just watching something like amazing and it, it almost seems like you're seeing like lightning in a bottle yeah. Like the, the live performance aspect can't be understated. I don't like live things for everything. I've talked about this before. Like I don't really like going to concerts and I don't really like going to plays, but I will go to a live drag show. Um, so much drag in general. I also just really like the fun aspect of like doing your makeup really crazy or like making it look in, in like intensely beautiful or transforming yourself into like an animal or like a, like doing cosplay or like anything like that. I've always found it really fascinating. Just like, playing dress up <laughs> like basically like like if you're like putting it in like kids terms it's basically like putting on makeup and playing dress up and it's fun so that's yeah. that's what i like about it i like is it for me like a lot of it like i started watching it from the very first season like when it first aired was it 2009 and like it was a big thing i had been a rupaul fan for as long as i can remember so this was a big deal for me that this was like a big, to me, it was like a big show even when it first started and it had like no budget, but I was like, this was a big deal. And it was just seeing like that queer representation because there really wasn't that much. And even though like as a queer woman, it's different, but I still felt like some sort of kinship there. Like I felt like, hey, this is a place like I belong. 
Like mm -hmm. I fit in here a little bit. Like I understand like some of like, not to like the extremes, but I understand some of like the struggles they were talking about and some of the hardships and some of the things they talked about, especially coming to like family and that kind of stuff. So it was like, I related to that. So that like on a personal level, um, but like for the show, like I felt like it, it combines a lot of different aspects of things that I'm interested in and passionate about. Like I'm interested in fashion. So I like the different references that they throw in. And I like when, when the Queens talk about their different references, um, like Kim Chi is one, for example, who's like always like on her season was always pulling out different designer references and certain specific things that I loved and makeup, obviously, you know, so I love seeing like the different makeup that they were coming up with and creating with their different looks and, and the challenges itself. Just, you know, I do, I like comedy. I like theater. I'm a theater person. Like I've been a theater kid my whole life basically. So seeing that like someone like Jinx who would be like putting on a character in these different performances. And that's why I enjoyed certain aspects of things like snatch game and stuff, because it was, it just, combined all of those elements of things that I liked in this one neat little package, <laughs> despite all of its flaws, but you know, there was so many positive things. And I think that's why I keep going back. And it's one of those, it's like one of two shows that I always have on, like it's actually on in the background right now. It's on, <laughs> it is, it's uh, All Stars 4. <laughs> I always have it on, either that or Gilmore Girls. It's always like what I want to have on. Cause I just, I know the two don't go together, but. <laughs> I love the glamour and the camp and the artistry of drag. Like, obviously not all drag is that, but I love drag that is that. I love drag that is fully embracing character, fully embracing, like, fantasy. I love that. Like, I've come to the conclusion in my 28th year of life that my favorite aesthetic in this world is, like, full, like, Pat McGrath ad. Like, I would look like the front of a Pat McGrath Pat McGrath palette at all times if I could get away with that because that's just my favorite aesthetic. I love things that are like spacey and like wild and like glam, oh, all of it. So I love that. And then like you said, as like a queer kid that didn't have a queer circle, there was some kind of like weird feeling of like, this is for me when it first came out. And I had never really had that before. And I'm also just, as a person, I'm very here for anything that kind of not only challenges gender but absolutely like fucks it up and fucks up the, the definition of it and like just all of that stuff so that all speaks to me but I really just feel like as someone who loves makeup and loves the aesthetic of makeup I love the talent behind it I live for that yeah I like it even when it's bad like you yeah know, people talk about like bad movies that they love like I even like bad drag and what I mean by that just like Maybe like the maybe like they're new to doing their makeup or like maybe the outfit is like a little like I don't know like not as like not like a designer outfit but like I still like that too like I like all of it it's it's one of those things where like if you're a drag queen like I love you like you're great I just want to like check you out and follow you on Instagram mm -hmm. yeah oh man I really do like the show and I I, I uh, someone talked about it before like does it matter if people make changes to pander and I'm, I don't know how I feel about that, but the fact that like changes are being made, it, it's at least something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hope that 
my hope is that like I would really appreciate it if the fandom just calmed down a bit because I feel like queens who go on the show like they can't be themselves because they feel like they have to edit themselves or produce themselves to be a certain way because they don't want their careers to be over or to be torn torn apart on social media. They don't want to be like Fifi O'Hara where people are still oh my God. harassing them after all these years. Yeah, the most toxic time on the internet is right around the time the announce the winner is announced. That yeah. is a toxic time to be on the internet. Holy shit, there's nothing more absolutely abusive than the fans of the people who don't win on RuPaul's Drag Race. Holy fuck. Especially depending on who the finalists were. Like, I found that this past season was particularly aggressive because uh, Gigi had such, like, intense stands who were just i don't like are they actually children like i don't know like if they're like they're are they that young it just i don't like it's bizarre to me but it just mm-hmm. seems to be like there's certain like talking about how it was kind of attracting more of like a straight audience it does seem that there's there is a lot of like straight cis girls oh, cis girls who are watching the show and they tend to go for the the queens that present similar to them like Gigi and then they like this the whole thing I think we talked about before like they take it so personally mm-hmm. that they're like that they think that they are like that or there's like that relation to like I don't know being almost like a Barbie doll I think that's mm-hmm. also like why they're like the Trixie and Katya stands are crazy sometimes because they just they they don't almost they also treat them like people, like they they almost are like you know characters or dolls, and it's bizarre. Yeah, I I mean we've all seen it with just makeup. If we say we don't like makeup that other people like, that's like attacking somebody's core to yeah. some people. So oh, yeah. there's like this like human element to it where it's like a person, a talking living person. I don't know. It's interesting. I had a I had a college professor who was writing a book about drag and like had interviewed all these famous drag queens for her book. I wonder if it ever came out. I'm gonna have to look into that. But she she was she was very much of like Judith Butler. Gender is all performative. Blah blah blah. And I think that's why she was writing the book. I'm gonna have to look into it because I know that like Ginger Minj was in her book and like cool shit like that. So. Anyway, just tangent, because <laughs> there is also, like, this crazy amount of sociology and drag that's mm-hmm. appealing to me. So, I don't know. Oh, I hope, um, another thing I hope for the fandom, too, is I hope that, like, even if someone does get the villain edit on a show, I hope they don't become, like, vilified and hated in the fandom and treated like they can't have a career. Or, like, mm-hmm. bullied. Like, stop with the bullying. Mm-hmm. That's the best word is bullying. That's really yeah. what it is. Yeah, to chase someone off social media, that's like a foulness I can't imagine. That's horrific. I don't know. I um I think also too that I've noticed that the the newer seasons that the queens, even if they even if some of them don't like each other, it seems to be like they kind of more stick up for each other. And I'll actually see queens on Twitter being like, Don't say this. And it'll be yeah. like it'll be someone who got a better edit. And it's like, don't treat this person this way. Like, they're a great performer. I'm like, this was a TV show we filmed months ago, and we don't have any beef, so, like, stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that was what, um, with Canada's Drag Race, um, people were pretty aggressive against the judges. And that's also, fascinating, because that's the first time this has ever happened. Yeah. Um, 
I was, it was bizarre watching it. And um, what's what's the judge's name? Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Chapman. Yeah, who had to quit social media because people were viciously attacking him. But also what I noticed, because I follow a lot of the queens on Twitter and Instagram, and I was surprised at how negative so many of them were towards specific queens on Canada's Drag Race. And like a lot of them were like big fans of Jimbo. So they would be like super critical of like Rita won a runway and they would put it out publicly to their fans who would then go and target Rita. Rita. And then Rita was posting about how like people were, yeah, like, you know, like one specific queen, not to call out anybody in particular, but like one specific thing I noticed was one time when um, Jimbo lost a challenge and Rita won and Bob the drag queen tweeted about how like Jimbo was robbed and all this stuff. And then Rita, those people who saw that went and started DMing like death threats to Rita and Rita had a post being like, guys, please stop this. This is crazy. And like people in Canada's drag race were then tweeting and being like, uh, can we not do this? It was just crazy. It was so crazy. Like I actually DM'd Rita myself after seeing it. It was just like, I am so sorry this is happening. And she like was really sweet in her response back. But like, it was just crazy how much, how negative people are and I was surprised at how negative like queens were against these other queens it was so bizarre to see it's like they were almost encouraging that behavior they don't have to come out and say go and send hate but if you talk about like disliking somebody so much or saying somebody was robbed or like somebody didn't deserve a win or something else like the crazy fans will take that and they will run with it so it's so bizarre that's crazy because I feel like I have seen kind of the opposite with some like maybe it's just the American seasons where it feels like there's a bit more of a camaraderie, but I'm not surprised to hear what you're saying about this though, because I didn't realize that happened. That's crazy though. Like I don't understand. Yeah. You think that like the American queens would understand the optics of saying something like that. Yeah, I I, I really was so surprised to see so many of them t- like tweeting that kind of stuff. And saying, like, it, I really, like, I still can't wrap my mind around it. Like, it's just, like, I can't imagine, I don't think I've seen it about, like, actual, like, American Drag Race. So I don't know if they thought it was something different or if that, like, their own fans weren't also watching Canada's Drag Race. But, like, Canada's Drag Race was on in that lull period of time where Drag Race fans were just, like, I will watch whatever. So yeah, I don't know. Very, 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 very strange. Very, very strange. And it was not it was like it was a number of them that talked about it. And even watching like um, like fashion photo review, and like I watched a bunch of like of those sort of like YouTube recaps and like stuff reviewing like the runways and stuff. How many of them would specifically say something like this queen didn't deserve to win? Or something like it's so weird to me. I was like, is it just because it's Canada's Drag Race and they feel that separation between it, or is this? I don't feel like that's how they talk about the other, yeah, their fellow queens on like their direct seasons and or in their in the U.S. or whatever. But that's weird because some of them do have to go to Canada to work sometimes. Yeah, so that's really awkward that they would be saying that. Oh, I didn't realize that that was happening. Well, that makes me kind of sad. Does anyone have any final thoughts about drag or drag race or thoughts on drag or drag race? I think in a different life I could have done drag. Maybe, maybe there's still a future for me in drag. I don't know. Who knows? 
Like, I said, I just love campy makeup. I live for that shit. Me too. <laughs> I'd love to do it. Actually, um, when I saw the Atlantic Drag Star last year, um, there was a queen who was performing. And at first, I thought I didn't think anything of it. Like, it was just, I thought just, I was so used to seeing drag portrayed a certain way. And even though there were different sort of drag performers in the show, um, I didn't realize it was actually somebody that I knew and I had done theater with before who was the, like a bio queen, so to speak. And I was just like so taken by it. And like, I almost messaged her and was like, how do I get into this? Like, how <laughs> can I do this? Cause I just saw it was so much, it was totally something that I would do. I don't even know how to start though. Like I, I would totally do it if I, had like a like a drag family <laughs> that could help oh yeah you know yeah. i feel like it's such a hard thing to kind of break into yeah and especially i feel like it might be a little different like i don't know how someone as like a woman wanting to be like a drag queen kind of thing would even begin to approach that mm -hmm. i don't I know enough about it i don't know that may be something to Maybe like something to look into once Rona's over. Yeah. <laughs> I like I I'm doing I, I showed Lacey in the group chat what my Halloween costume was gonna be this year. And it's kind of like dragesh. Like it's it's like a male character. And um it's I'm not I don't wanna say what it is right now, but I'll post it on my Instagram if anyone's curious, probably around Halloween. <laughs> and I like doing like I, I realize I like doing like one fun Halloween costume if I'm not going out because it's just fun for me to do. I'll give you a hint. It's like this. I'm going as a meme this year, and it's like a it is a masculine looking meme, and it's it. I also think that it like perfectly encapsulates the mood of this year, so it'll be very interesting. But I've done. Um, I did Bob Ross a couple years ago. That was always really fun for me. And then speaking of Pat McGrath packaging, I literally did a makeup look that was the Pat McGrath packaging. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. It's fun. That's that's what I got going on. I'm gonna probably still be a fan of Drag Race and also talk about like how we shouldn't be racist towards the queens and we shouldn't be toxic, you know, going forward. Yeah. Other than that, L, thank you so much for finally coming on. I'm so glad to have you here, and you're more than welcome to come back anytime you want. We'll talk about whatever you want. Hundred percent. Yay! Thank you. Oh my god, I love it. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> If anyone wants to check out Elle's channel, I will put a link to it in the YouTube description box if you want to go say hi and check out her videos. Thank you so much for coming on. Anyone who wants to get episodes early can check us out on Patreon. Other than that, we will see you guys later. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>